Were you an athlete, school teacher, or maybe worked in a corporate world? Our careers, they tend to be the way that we identify ourselves. Now what happens when that identity is taken from you? We found ours in real estate. Now let us help you find yours on a free agent real estate investing podcast. Starting now. Welcome to the free agent real estate investing podcast. I'm your host, Stratton Brown. And I'm your other host, Michael Butler. Man, it's been a long time and we're super excited to be back at you guys. Man, I mean, we've just been, we've been traveling a lot. I know I've had a lot going on. Mike's had a lot going on. We got Jake and Chris who are helping us produce the podcast now. We're probably going to add it to our other room, build this whole thing out into a studio, lease this thing out as the goal. But I mean... I'm excited to be back with you guys, man. We haven't talked to anybody in a while. And I feel like this thing, this podcast is the only thing that's kept us connected with people in our community, For sure. especially during COVID. Now that we got, we can start doing meetups again. We'll still have the podcast with we'll the fun meetups. I think it'll be really fun. So, it, I mean, it, it's just to kind of tag off what you're saying, man. That's the awesome part of it. I mean, we again, we haven't been on, we haven't uh, done a stream in a while, man, to be honest with you. And I think the good thing is that you've been growing. I've been growing um, when it comes to just the content part of it. We understand that in order for us to be able to bring the most value to people, um, we got to constantly be able to grow in our business and bring a different quality of product to people. So um, that's that's kind of what Stratton is actually taking the lead on is, is making sure that we're able to get different angles for you guys, man. This stuff is pretty awesome. I mean, and I, I keep telling everybody this. I even, I'll put out another email today, right? Towards somewhat of my blog of if you're not investing into your brand, you're leaving seven figures on the table. Oh man. You're leaving seven figures on the table, right? Cause we're going to have this podcast. We're going to talk about what is how we feel about a couple different topics, answer questions for people. People come to me asking to pay me money to show them how to do real estate. Mm -hmm. And then it's, again, like a portfolio of your knowledge. Yeah. Right? So, like, when people people just come to you saying, hey, I've watched all of your content. I'd like to lend deals with you. Yeah. Like, I'd like to lend on your deals, and I've had it happen. Yeah. Right? Just from having this portfolio of knowledge, they can go and look back, like, oh, wow, you've grown like this. He's And we talk about our failures, so mm -hmm. they know that we're good on the failures. We'll do them right. And then, again, as we keep growing more and more businesses – for me, the easiest thing is like Kylie Jenner is a billionaire. Yeah. Because she can make an Instagram post, put a swipe up, and she's going to make a million dollars off that post just from people going and buying makeup. You know, it's it's going to be kind of a redirect, but um, off of the Kylie Jenner thing, um, I was talking to someone about it and just about how she made it to a you know, billion dollars and stuff like that. And you go, you take a look at her Instagram page. You know, she has like 200 some odd million followers, right? And so I tell them, I'm like, you take a simple lip liner or, you know, lip gloss and you sell that product, you know, $10 for the product. The product at that point don't even got to be that expensive. Nope. And you sell it to 10% of your followers. Bro, we were sitting at like, I mean, it, it was eight figures. Eight selling a 10, figures. Selling a $10 product. Um, and people are going to buy it just based off the Kylie Jenner brand or, you know, whatever that may be. So um, being able to, like you said, build that portfolio of your brand, who you are, your failures. I think we do a great job at um, talking about our failures on this podcast oh, yeah. um, and just opening up the lens for a lot of people to be able to look into our growth. And I think that when you talk about being authentic, um, a lot of people will, will gravitate to that. And all of you should be going live more doing more podcasts because the number one thing you're going to get from it too is deal flow. Yeah. If you guys have any deals in the Central Valley, send them to me and Mike. We'll help you do it. We'll JVM, whatever you need to do. But again, that is all coming from, oh, I see Stratton on the internet. I see yeah. Mike on the internet. I know they're doing deals and I like their personalities. Oh man, it's it's a no-brainer. I had someone ask me today, like, hey, will you be my mentor? Like, can I pay you to be my mentor? Yeah. From a storage post I made earlier. Wow. And again, for me, like that's that's easy money because I can talk to someone for like an hour a week and I can change their life. Because you, you love what you do too. And I think that's that's the big thing. People people notice stuff like that. Right. Yeah. And and I, I like helping people. And then I truly think when someone like invests into themselves, they're a lot more bought in. Yep. And then like they're ready to take action, right? To where, excuse me, I charge just so people have skin in the game. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just so they have But what's been going on with you and your real estate business? We were talking yesterday, bro. We've seen a significant shift. Yeah. As far as fucking dispo and shit. <laughs> well, well, first and foremost, let's let's go ahead and uh, 
thank people for tuning in with us. I see we get, you know, we obviously got some people in here uh, on the live watching us. Chris, man, you, <laughs> your value to us is, is uh, can't even put a number on stuff like that. Uh, Emilio, that's thank my you, mentee, man. Bro. That's from, uh, from my understanding, he was at Jason's meetup that I wasn't able to make it to last week. Bro, he closed his first deal when he was um 17. That's fucking awesome. He closed that's, his first deal when he was 17, and now he's still pumping. He should he should have a decent amount in the pipeline to where like you shouldn't be making this much money when you're 18 years old. Who says who? Right? Like says who? You know but like I, mean? I don't know what I yeah. I was getting scully <laughs> checks for fucking eighteen hundred dollars a month. And that's why that just show how how much older I am than you because I I think our scholarship checks when I graduated was probably like nine hundred and fifty dollars. So that, that just shows the span of what three or four years. Yeah, what that was it was about nine fifty, man. And we thought we had money at the time, bro. <laughs> um, what's up, Miguel? Man, how's it going? Uh, so you said how 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 am I doing? Yeah, how's how are you doing? What shifts are you seeing in the real estate market? I know we've seen a decent amount, bro. I'm not gonna lie; like we've seen a lot. Of so I will say that. Um, my wife actually brought it to me and she told me like when I'm, when I'm a little bit more, not dialed in, but when I'm a little bit more hands-on in our business, um, it, it usually will take off for us. Um, she's like, I can usually tell, you know, when, Every time. when you start to stress about something, Every time she said, because next thing you know, she's like, Hey, got one locked up here. Got one locked up there. She's like, it's like you, you, your back got to almost be against the wall. And all of a sudden it's ching, 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 you know what I'm saying? And so, um, we had got to kind of like a moment like that. Um, and what we're starting to notice, and, and this is just working uh, with my partners and stuff like that, is that there was a point in time where I was losing or just our team was losing deals because we were so low in a sense of what we were offering to sellers. And there were people out there that was, you know, locking stuff up at prices that we couldn't even believe that was getting moved. You know what I mean? And yep. so that was a test to the market kind of growing and, and buyers um, pretty much just jumping on those things, right? Pouncing on them. And so you got to adjust in this business. And that's kind of what we did. Um, we started looking at some numbers and you're kind of like, ah, you know, kind of go back and forth with it, but you still make the offer on it. Um, and we started selling deals. So what we're starting to see now is it's starting to go back the other way, which, you know, you almost need to do that. You need to be able to lock up some deals, um, realizing that you're not getting as much bite on these deals that you used to. Yeah. Um, and then from that point, it just tells you that now when you're speaking with these homeowners, you know, you can be a little bit more um, not aggressive, but you, you have can, to be well aggressive in a sense of um, you don't have to feel like you you got to accept or give an offer that you probably wouldn't even typically give. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there's not going to be a lot of people paying that price anymore. Whereas before, there's a lot of people paying we're that paying price. It. So it's like I had to I had to pay that price. Yep. Um, and so what we're noticing now is that we can be a little bit more aggressive with when talking to these sellers in the offers that we make and give them the reasons of why we, you know, why we are the way that we are, because um, buyers just aren't buying what they were buying, you know, 30 days ago, you know, and to me, um, it's a reality check. You know, that was the complaint from a lot of buyers before it was just like, man, there's no meat on the bones. There's no meat on the bones. But again, as business owners, we have to adjust what we do in order to continue to put meat on the uh, food on the table for our, for our families. Right. Yep. And so it's almost refreshing. It sucks to not be able to move something. Um, but I think it's refreshing because it's, it shows that it's at least starting to balance out a little bit and we can get back to our regularly scheduled programs. Well, and number one, like with the buyers, dude, these, they don't pay your bills. Like yeah. these buyers are not supporting your family. They're not paying your bills. Yes. I want to leave meat on the bone. But at the same time, generally in business, you're going to have points in time where you can capitalize and make a fuck ton of money, right? Where you can capitalize like, hey, we're ripping off 50s, 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 and then it's going to shrink back down again. So like when the time when money's good and times are good, take advantage of it. Because one thing you've seen in business now, bro, we have highs yep. and we got some fucking lows, yep. right? And so if you can stack cash then and then, okay, we're going to take a little bit of a dip, right out the dip, and then something else is going to change to where, okay, now we can go a little bit more aggressive again. And yeah. I think that is one thing that like we're starting to see here. Yeah. And if, and if you, and if you think about it, I think in this market, if you're someone who was just getting into real estate um, or just uh, you got in within the last four or five months making offers, um, I think for the most part, it would be an easy time to kind of get in because yeah. your negotiation tactics, um, you being able to evaluate a property, um, all those things aren't really tested. 
You know, no. you can kind of go out there and make an offer that's kind of insane and get it accepted. And at this point in time, you were able to move it. Um, and so if you just got into the business, your 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 game and your experience is going to get tested in the next few months, because if you haven't um, practiced in a time where you actually had to be good at your negotiations and your evaluations on properties and, and how to anchor sellers and, and you know, all these things it's going to get tested because now you're not, you're going to get used to locking up something so high and you're not going to be able to move it. And so now when you got to go back or have conversations with sellers where you got to get these prices reduced, or you got to initially get it, get it locked up at a good price, you're going to struggle. Right. And so don't, don't be, don't be afraid of that. I mean, it's battle it's demons that we all kind of battle having to go back and do price reductions and stuff like that. But um, this is going to be a great opportunity for a lot of young investors to be able to sh sharpen their swords and be able to really slay this game. Uh, I mean, but the market was just saving people, dude. 100%. Bro, the market <laughs> the market was just saving people. But, I mean, now, I don't think it's a bad thing, bro. Hopefully it does start. I don't think it's going to crash. Well, all. it's not crashing. I, I wouldn't it's say it's just crashing. evening out, dude. I think buyers are just saying, you know what, I'm tired of this shit, and they're not overpaying for stuff. Like, it has nothing to do with interest rates. It has nothing to do with, you know, all this other stuff. There's still a supply and demand issue. There's not enough housing for everyone who's 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 actually qualified to be able to buy homes so none of that has changed it's just ultimately investors are saying like look i'm not paying this price for it All right well it goes into something we were talking about the other day of um doing deals just to do deals yeah like you don't want to do a deal just to do a deal bro no right and like you yes because I, I know people who ha have to keep their crews busy mm -hmm. but then again like they have enough reserves yeah to where and they buy it good enough well, they don't buy everything good enough. I go, okay, we're going to do a deal. We're going to make $3,000, but my yeah. crews are busy and I don't have to go find new crews. Yeah. That's one thing. And what you can say, though, is those who were buying stuff at ridiculous prices, they took a risk. And for the most part, those risks, they were paying off, man. They were they were spending uh, an amount of money on a property that would that they typically wouldn't spend on. And they would still make twenty, thirty, thirty five thousand dollars on a flip just because the market, again, supply and demand. Right? right. So the market was just is just doing so good. They were still doing that. Um, and I think two, three, four flips in. Now you're sitting on reserves, you know, one hundred, two hundred thousand. So now you you can be a little bit more picky because you did it. You took that risk early. You're you know, you did the deal just to do the deal. Yep. You were compensated well for that. And I think we're sitting in a part now where buyers are kind of like, I don't have to be buying deals that I was buying three or four months ago now because I did such a good job at it early that I'm just going to sit back at this point in time because now I don't need to just do deals. Right. And I can be picky. Dude. I can be picky now. They 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 took a risk early. Um, they were heavily compensated for it. So, I mean, obviously, that was a great job by them because. They took risk when a lot of people were originally afraid of doing so or the numbers didn't make sense and they made money early and now they're able to diversify their funds into other things and now they can be real picky. And so I don't think it's it has anything to do with our market necessarily crashing or going down or whatever that may be. I just think the people who were buying deals made good money early and now they're being picky. All right. What's going on, James? Thank you guys again for tuning in. We love all your guys comments. We love you guys. I mean, I miss everybody. I mean, I Gerald, one of our good friends, isn't even here anymore. He freaking moved to St. Louis. St. Louis, man. And he, he watches these. We had him on the podcast. But now that COVID is somewhat winding down, we could have meetups. We'll have a meetup on what September 2nd with Aaron and Cletus Shelton. Dope ass. Best flippers in the Central Valley. I think best flippers in the country, bro. Like, they need a do, TV show. Do you know when they're, um when that house is going to hit the market in, uh, is it on Santa Ann? Is it going to have a house on Christmas up? Tree Lane? On Christmas Tree Lane, yeah. Is that one going to uh, be going live anytime soon? I know they're getting close to it, but that's going to be freaking awesome if it's close to the to the meetup time because we're talking about some awesome flippers and then that that home is is going to be that's going to be a showstopper, man. Right? It's gonna. I they I was in Salt Lake this weekend, or so I would have went and saw it, but they sent me a text saying, "Hey, come over and look at it." But mm -hmm. I'm I'm so excited for everything they're going to do, and their oh, bro, their story is so dope. Like I'm super excited for the meetup. If you guys haven't RSVP'd. Go RSVP. You guys are going to learn a ton. And really, if like if I, they came from such crazy ass circumstances, if you guys are like saying, oh, well, I can't do it because of this. I can't do it because of this. I had someone tell me they can't do it because they don't have time. I was like, bro, time? <laughs> like, you think I have time? And like, I'm doing it. And like, all these things. But like, if we have one dude who's 17 years old, who's killing it, making more money than most people in America, 
and then we have them who came from nothing to where they're making so much money. They make an amazing, they make an amazing product. And there's really no reason you shouldn't just be hopping in, especially if you're just throwing out offers, dude. Like, yeah, learn how to evaluate it and say, okay, here's what I need to do. Here's what I need to do. Here's what I need to do. Hit us up, hit up anybody. And if you're watching this around the country, I'd hit up one of the biggest people in your market and just be like, hey, this is probably I'm looking at. This is what I'm going to lock it up at. One thing is like, I know with a lot of our buyers, I have a good enough relationship with them. But hey, and I was texting my friend Michael Ray today mm-hmm. about a deal we were looking at. I was like, Mike, this is where I'm at. What do you need to be at? And he was like, okay, I'll do here. And then like, okay, if we assign it, we make 20 grand. You know what I'm saying? But it's building those relationships and you can do that over time, but you got to start doing things first. Yeah, for sure. A hundred percent. I got some dope questions for you. Yeah, some so. questions? All right, guys. And if you have questions, um, if you're tuning in, go ahead and drop your questions. Um, if you're on Instagram, we're only going live right now on Instagram, just so, just so you guys know that we do go live on uh, YouTube and Facebook and YouTube, so if, Facebook. We'll be going on LinkedIn. I'm working on getting TikTok tied into this, right? So it'll be streaming and it'll, it'll be this whole production. Yeah. So you're thing. not getting the best production right now on Instagram, man. But if you guys are on there and you, you're able to hop on Facebook or Instagram, I mean, Facebook or YouTube right now, definitely do that so you can get the full experience. Um, God damn it. I lost my train of thought. Right. You say you I'll, say you got questions. Yeah, bro. Yes. We have so if you're on Instagram, you're gonna hit a little question mark down at the bottom. So uh I we can have those questions answered. And again on Facebook, uh and YouTube, hop in the comment section, drop them down at the bottom and, and we'll try to get to those as uh fast as we can. So the first thing, how do I stop let fear dictating my decisions? How do you stop fear? How do you stop fear from letting it dictate your decisions? Uh, I would say just getting a lot of getting as much information about something as you can. Um, but to be honest with you, I mean, fear is going to be there regardless, no matter how much information you have um, build, having a great circle around you where you can actually reach out to some of these people um, and ask them kind of if they were in your situation, how would they how would would they proceed with something? I actually just did that on a on um, one of the deals that we have. Um, I've been thinking about possibly taking it down as an Airbnb. And so running through those numbers and sending them to a couple of investors to see what they thought, thought about it. Um, that's kind of what's going to help me with that decision. Um, at the end of the day, it's going to come down to stay uh, in power. Um, just by looking at the property that I had analyzed, um, it was going to be something where it was going to take about five years for me to actually, um, it, the debt in it wouldn't necessarily be worth it. You would still cash flow. But you would cash for, you know, you cash for some good money, um, not what you would want from an Airbnb, but it would still be good money um, more than a rental. You just couldn't sell it for five years. Yeah. And be, then, well, you wouldn't be able to sell it for 10 years, right? I wouldn't be able to sell it for five years because after the five years, that second essentially would have been paid. And then the, uh, the first on a refi would have only been 75 percent of what the home was worth. Okay. So at that point, you would you would have pretty damn good equity after five years if you needed to offset it or okay. you know let it go. My, how do you, I think you need to um, just really sit down and like weigh out your worst case yeah, and really think about your worst case. Like, what is my worst case scenario? I was talking to a dude who I was hooping with in Salt Lake the other day and he, bro, he makes six figures a year mm-hmm. and he was afraid of like investing. I was like, but you can go lose out on a lot of money and you know, you have a check coming in. Yeah. So no matter what you do. And he's, he's in construction working a really like technical job. Mm-hmm. on a crane so I was like bro like you're in high demand even if you lose your job you're gonna go get another job there's a labor so- shortage so like you have all these positives to where you just need to pick a lane and then go do it like right now i'd say with storage we will buy an okay deal instead of a great deal okay but i need we need to buy a deal like yeah. we just need to get the ball rolling yeah and we've been sitting there i don't want to say pussyfooting but we've been putting in offers it hasn't been good enough maybe we've just been a little bit too stingy yeah whatever like let's just do it we're not going to do a deal to do a deal like it'll be an okay deal so i guess my question for you when you say you'll be buying a good good deal and not a great deal is because um i definitely feel like when we talk about that a lot of it sometimes is subjective right um when we talk about mike zuber's course and um, he always just talks about knowing the difference between a good deal and a bad deal. And I'm not 100% sure, but I would assume like those numbers are based off of what you're willing to pay, what you're willing to accept as cash flow. Um, and so, again, we're talking that's pretty much what you are willing to accept cash flow, what I'm willing to accept cash flow. 
will determine if it's a good or a great deal. So with you talking about self-storage, right? It may not be a great deal, but it may not be a great deal to someone who owns two, three, four storage facilities. But for someone who doesn't own none, that could be a great deal because you're learning from people who are buying great deals at this point in time based off of where they are. And so you may not feel like it's a great deal based off their standards, but for you, it really is a great deal. Yeah, and bro, I I just need to get my foot in the fucking door. Yeah. Like Kalani and I just need to get our foot in the door. Fuck it, buy it. We will cash flow our bare minimum standards. We aren't going to buy a mm -hmm. deal that's going to be like over leveraged and like yeah. we're not cash flowing at all. You're not going to go buy no mansion off of the, off of this first storage facility, right? But like, you know it, I mean, I need to. I think this is big for people doing their um first like wholesale deal, first flip, first rental. To where like me and Kyle just went out and bought three rentals in like three months, right? Yeah. But it was like the first one came and it was easy proof of concept. Yeah. And it showed the proof of concept. Then we did two more. Yeah. Just like that, mm -hmm. right? To where more times than not, when you have that proof of concept there. It makes it a lot easier to keep pushing forward. Like even with the Airbnbs, you did one, then you did another. Yeah. Right to where, okay, we got it. Proof concept works. All right. Oh, another opportunity is here. Let's jump yeah. on it. Yeah. And then we can keep on going. It's easier. It's easier to um to to take a take a jab at, at at some of those at some of those opportunities when they come up because you already have a proof of concept. You're not you know there's no fear of it not working. And the universe rewards you, right? Yeah. To where yeah. I truly do think, like, if you're putting stuff out to where I've been putting out in the universe, bro, I need a podcast producer. Yeah. I need a podcast producer. Like, I want I want a studio. Like, here, here we are. Like, okay, we have <laughs> a makeshift studio. We got great producers. And then it's going to go bigger. And then we're going to be able to do other things. But, like, you have to talk about it and be about it. And then mm -hmm. I truly think the universe will bring it to you. 100%. And you, you know what? You go out and you buy six deals. Maybe two of them are shitty. But four of them are great. You know what I mean? So, yeah. like... That that's just like you said, it rewards you. Your first two deals may not be that great, but if you're constant, if you're just going out there getting deals and you end up with like six of them, you might sell four of them, right? Four of those rentals might be great, two of them may be bad. You just go ahead and sell them off, All right? Just go ahead and sell them off. It's not gonna be the end you of shouldn't the world. be buying it at a point where you can't even put it on the open market during this time, yeah, and it sells. So, but that's how I would stop letting fear dictate my decisions. Me, number one, is just go do it, weigh out your worst case. More times than not, you're going to be okay with the worst case. Yeah. As someone who's been at the lowest of lows, like, you'll be fine. Yeah. I promise you, you'll be fine. Like, most really legit entrepreneurs have lost it all. Mm -hmm. And then they bounce back again. So if they do it, and most of them will admit they're not that smart. Yeah. If, if they can do it, bro, you can for yeah, sure Yeah, that's what they all say. If I can do it, a little kid from there. Right? We had uh, one of my first meetups was with um, was Alan Folio. Bro. Right? And he talked about driving, driving tractors. Bro. And right, <laughs> Alan, and I, I will talk about um, the conversations we're having, but like, man, I was, Alan just was, called me and was like, hey, man, I'm looking at a jet. Yeah. Like, which one should I get? Because we were talking the other day about COVID. Yeah. I was like, I don't want to fly in a fucking regular airport. I don't want to have to wear a mask. I'm just going to, I'm going to have to buy a plane somehow. Yeah. Alan goes and fucking takes action. And I get a phone call the other morning. I'm talking to him for 30 minutes. He's like, hey, bro, I, I bought a jet. He's like, what? <laughs> He's like, awesome. yeah, bro, I'm leasing out a jet. This is what I'm going to do. Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, shit. Like that. That's awesome, bro. You put that in the in the universe. Wait, and again, you put it in the universe. But like, what is it? Five years ago, mm -hmm. he's told me he was going to buy a jet, number one. Yeah. And like, let's call it six years ago, he wasn't doing anything but driving a tractor for 30 grand, mm -hmm. coming off of a massive pelvis surgery because he shattered his pelvis in a car accident. Yeah. Came from, I mean, if you're making 30 grand a year and working 12 hours a day, that's not that much money. No. And he can't. So I'd say he came from really low lows. Nothing, yeah. Yeah. And now he's where he's at. Like, man, like we can create a lot of things. As I think the biggest thing is taking action. The man takes action. The man takes action. He has massive action. Uh, we've got a couple questions right here on uh, Instagram, actually. Uh, actually, we have Anmar. He said, uh, key willingness of buyers to buy and their ability to buy or their access to leverage and managing a project. Um, and then we have Oscar um, from Zinc. My man, he just mentioned me. <laughs> right, right. He said, uh, I currently have no investment properties or investments. In your opinion, where should I go for first investment? Homes, Airbnb, storage, et cetera. Um, I'll answer that first. Yeah. Uh, then let you take uh, take over that. As just someone who who's doing the Airbnb side of it, you'll be more of the storage side of it. Um, I would say if you don't have anything now, I would stick to what you know. Um, and for us, right, we know how to market direct to sellers. We we know how to evaluate a property. 
um, and we know how to lock them up. You know, you know that whole process, right? We, yep. talk, we talk about fundamentals all the time, and we and when it comes to sports and stuff like that, and it, it gets it gets to the you got to start with your fundamentals, and then from that point. I think you just buy it the way that you know how to buy it. And I think that's just buying a rental home first. And then if something just maybe you buy it so damn good and you're like, you know what, I'm moving on to my second or third uh, rental property. Now, what does this one look like if I was to turn this into an Airbnb? And so when we talk about you guys know both of our investment properties, um, they are Airbnb. They're short term rentals through using the arbitrage method. So we don't own either one of them. And so when I look at buying investment properties now, I'm looking to own something, but I'm also looking at it from a scope of Airbnb also. And so I'm looking to buy investment properties in areas that I feel that I can use either way. Um, and then if it doesn't fit that scope, then it has to cash flow just has to be nice enough for me to just keep it as a traditional, traditional rental. Um, and like I'd say everybody's everyone's investment strategy is going to be different for most of you guys. I tell you, you need to learn how to make fucking money before you think about investing, mm -hmm. right? To where if you're only making $40,000 a year, yes. But like, I would say we're not the type of people to be learning from. Mm -hmm. Like I, I would tell you, you need to learn how to wholesale or go do Airbnb arbitrage. Mm -hmm. But like for where you're at, Oscar, I think you, and you have another good situation, but like my best return on my investments right now is in different companies. Yeah. Like the best return on my investment is uh, in all of my companies to where, okay, I can get these things now, like shooting me off real cash. Mm -hmm. Now I can go buy things. I really like, I mean, putting money in crypto that you're educated about and like, oh, how's this thing going to go? Yeah. Crypto. I love the e-commerce route, bro. I really do. I mean, we own three of them mm -hmm. and I, I like the cash flow from those. And then storage. I don't like single family rentals at all, mm -hmm. especially here in California. Yeah. If you can go Midwest and partner up with people or do it yourself and just do, um, what's the book? The book on long distance real estate investing. Okay. I think that book is really good. But for you, bro, I'd invest a lot in yourself. Like for people who are, if you're a decently versed entrepreneur, the number one thing that needs to go is, okay, how can I spend cash on myself to educate myself more? And then I can use that to leverage that to make more money. And then when I start to have like a real money problem, like, okay, now we got 50K in the bank, mm -hmm. 100K in the bank, and then I know I got another 100K coming next month, then I'm like, okay, well, what do I want to go buy? Yeah. But Jay, I think Jason's a great example of, bro, he just went out and he just legitimately started burying rentals. Yeah. And he's going to make so much fucking money off of refinances this year, tax-free, that's crazy. But, you know, that's wild in itself, too. Um <laughs> what do you always say? Must be nice, right? That's, his, that's, that's it, it. Must be nice, Mister Pitcher. <laughs> and so I would say, you know, when you talk about going out and burning properties, in no way whatsoever is the burn method easy at this point in time, right? Yeah, finding those deals is finding hard. those deals is Who tough, is and so it comes back down to what the fundamentals of marketing the sellers, negotiating, getting these prices down, and buying them right. And so Jason most likely invested in, well, he came from a sales background. Yeah. So he invested in himself for 20 years, <laughs> 25, 30 years, right? In, in the business, in the business side of it, right? Learning a lot of that stuff. He uh, unintentionally, in a, how, how would you say that? Unintentionally invested in itself in sales. Yep. And so when he got into real estate, um, that was something that probably came a little bit easier for him because of all the experience from his previous career. And it allowed him to be able to come in and, and negotiate these these awesome prices. You know what I mean? And, and but he wasn't afraid, dude. Like I, I He wasn't, dude. Jason was buying shit at a time. We talk about people buying stuff right now or, be, you know, a couple of months ago. He was ago, buying some shit. Sense. I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> and he was like, fuck it. I don't care. I'll. He knew he had enough cash coming in and he didn't take a check for like three years Yeah, off of those. And I, that is another philosophy I believe mm -hmm. I believe in. Like, bro, let, let's throw some money into that business, whatever you're doing. Let it grow, grow, grow. And then let everything harvest and we'll pick it. I actually got a question, though, now that I think about it. So we said the deals didn't make sense at the time that he bought it, right? And so Not when we say that the deals don't make sense at the time that he bought it, and especially him burning out of a lot of them now, right? At the point in time, they, they probably couldn't burn out of them. And so now he wasn't talking, buying them that bad. He wasn't buying them that bad. But what I'm saying is he wouldn't have been able to possibly burr out of them at that time. So it had to be a long term plan. It, it was probably a five year plan. I'm going to buy these homes and I'm going to bank on appreciation. But the fear 
of buying some of these deals because they kind of probably they were a little tight. And he's like, but I'm not selling them right now. I'm not refinancing them right now. You know, if I'm going to be here for the long haul yeah. in five years, I may be able to refi out of these things and, and make some money off of them. And I don't think he was ever thinking about making money, but he, he's yeah. legitimately just been about how can I build my cash? It flow? was long term. Yeah, it was long term. And so he bought he, at the time. And, and Jason, I don't want to speak for you because I don't know. So I'm not saying that this is what he did, um, but just based off of just what I'm hearing and just kind of what I what I know a little bit, I would assume that he took a risk and he just like people did early on in uh, this market right now. And they they're cashing out on some of these flips. Right. Because you're taking a risk because, you know what, the numbers may say one thing, but you got to know your market. You got to understand that growth has to take place. You have to understand that Fresno is a, it, it is a it is a booming city. Like it can only grow. Fresno is not going to get worse. Everything around Fresno and the Central Valley is is expensive. So something has to happen here. And so I don't know how deep he went into that, but in his mind, appreciation was at some point was going to help him. Well, I think like, but he for sure weighed out his downside. It's like, but what's the worst? What's the worst? I'm already broke. I seen a well. I'm not saying you know Jason was broke at the time, whatever. But you look at um, we have a comment uh, comment right here from uh, Marisa, and she says, "I feel what is holding me back." is the fear of failing. And so to tag this off of the whole Jason thing, it depends on what's failure to you. I don't think you should ever be afraid of failure. Yeah, I mean. It's it's an easy thing to say, but I'd mm -hmm. say my biggest successes have come off of my failures, right? Yeah. My real estate career came off the biggest failure of my life. I worked my entire life to make the NFL. Yeah. I did not make it. I worked my ass off. I can say like, I left everything there, but I worked my absolute ass off. Failed. Yeah. Got into real estate. I got screwed over for six grand. I start a I start a million dollar company. Yeah. Oh, fail. I remember that one. Right. Damn, that's wild. Right. And that was and that was yeah. a failure of like me not learning anything. Yeah. And I was like, okay, fuck it. So the fear, so you talk about the fear, the fear of uh failing. Um, essentially when you think about it, if 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 what you hear and Marisa, I know a lot of people around you have failed, you know, tremendously. Right. And so when you talk about what those people have gained from failing why would there be a fear of getting to that point knowing what it causes right so now you look at it you should almost be upset that you're not pushing yourself to a point of failure because you know just based off the people around you and that's when we talk about having great people around you you know when you push yourself towards failure success ends up coming from it yeah but you gotta fail like it, it's just lessons too right and it's not it's only a failure if you quit Yep. And even though nobody wants to hear that shit, it's only a failure if you quit. Like if you just stop and you're like, oh man, well, I lost um I lost 50 grand. And I you meet a lot of people who are like, oh, I tried real estate and I lost out. Yeah. And then they just stop. It's only a failure if you quit. Yeah. You gotta just keep on pushing and again, think on your toes and figure it out. To where if people have come back from massive, massive bankruptcies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And built it all up again. Yeah. So don't let that failure hold you back. If anything, if you fail once, cool. Let's make sure we have our downside laid out. Yeah. Our worst possible downside. We got there. Okay. Like the rental, me and Kyle bought. We faced our worst possible downside. That was horrible, man. <laughs> but like we planned it out. It was a failure. Yeah. Now I'm learning from it. And what did this lead me into? This led me into storage. Right. So all these failures are going to lead you into different ways of structuring your life. When you think about failure. And, and we talk about even, you know, I was I was teaching beforehand and essentially that was a failure. Right. I didn't pass my test. I didn't finish the requirements that I needed to to be able to continue to do so. Um, and I had a great principal. You know, I think that's ultimately, you know, that helped me um, because she's seen a lot in me, whether it would have been teaching or just um, the value that I had for kids and, you know, things like that. And so um, but one thing that failure will bring to you is that it, it'll make you start to evaluate yourself. Self-evaluation is, is, is one of the biggest things that get people to success. And if everything is always positive for you, you think that you're the shit, yeah. you know, and when you fail, it actually ha you actually have to sit back and you have to think about why it is that you failed. Why is it that I think what I was doing at the time was was bulletproof? Um, and I, it just takes me back to the conversation that I had with my wife before even getting started in real estate. And, and again, those are, you know, that's why I value my marriage so much just because, I mean, we went through a lot of stuff, you know, at the time of my failure. And, um, I remember telling her, you know, damn near in tears, bro. And it, and it was one of those things where it's just like, you know, I've 
for the most part, I graduated high school. I had a full ride scholarship to play football at Fresno State. Went on to play football. I knew I was going to go into law enforcement afterwards. Um, that wasn't panning out the, as fast as it needed to because, you know, we had our son Tyson. And that's kind of I stumbled into to education and ended up loving it. Um, and so I told her, I said, you know, this is the first time I'm 28 years old at the time. I said, this is the first time in my life that I actually have no idea what I'm supposed to do next. Mm -hmm. This is the first time in my life that I, I just don't know. And it was a scary feeling for me to have. And because of that, I think it opened me up to other possibilities and actually has you deep uh, dig deep inside to think about, you know, OK, if I can't do this based off timeline, right, I couldn't go into law enforcement because I was broke now. So I knew I, I six six month hiring process to do anything in law, uh, law enforcement. Right. And so at that point, you have to start thinking about what am I good at? What can I give people? What What is it that people always compliment me on? Where have I succeeded in life in other phases and what tied to that success? And you have, again, self-evaluation. And so by going through those failures, that self-evaluation process of it is ultimately what helps you succeed because you start to see your true value that you can give to other people. And I think, man, like, again, if you haven't failed yet, man, or you're afraid to do something because of failure, um, you're, you're really you're really cheating yourself. You're cheating your family. You know, bro, you're, you're leaving so much on the table. I can start another one. Pace Morby had someone take a million dollars and that's what made him decide to get into real estate. Someone owed him a million dollars and declared bankruptcy. And that's what, that's how he got into real estate. Like, so like all these failures are going to come to where I'm, most people watching us are not at that level to where they even have a million dollars to lose. <laughs> Right, but that's what started him in the real estate and seeing, bro, his trajectory over the last two years has been fucking skyrocket. Yeah. And he, bro, he's he's doing great. But again, that all came from failure. Yeah. So don't don't let that failure hold you back in things that you're doing. And know you're going to hit some massive lows. Like, again, like oh, we're going to do good and then we're going to hit some massive lows again. Yeah. But like the people who suck, the people who aren't doing the best are not handling the failure good enough. All failure do, all failure, well, I don't want to say what it's good for, but it exposes you. And so failure is good for lighting a flame underneath that ass. That's ultimately what it is. And you either you either got it or you don't. Yep. And failure is what's going to expose it. And I think you see a lot of former athletes who end up being phenomenal when it comes to entrepreneurship, because from the time you graduate high school and you go D1 or D2, whatever it is, and now you're, you're dealing with coaches who, you know, their livelihood is on the line based off of your performance. You know, you talk about real feedback. <laughs> They're going to give you real feedback, you know. And so uh, I think being former athletes, you, you, you're you used to having a flame lit under your ass. And you're used to you either show up or you don't. Well, you know what I mean? Think about playing corner. Think about playing corner, D1. Think about playing DB, D1. You're going to fail three times a game. And a dude's going to put his nuts on your head and catch a ball. Right? And you're on national television. Yep. Like in, when we played in Nebraska, we had a hundred thousand people there. <laughs> in the day and age of social media. In the too. day and age so of social media, right? So, bro, like, so if anything <laughs> big happens, like, you want to talk about a failure? Everybody sees. Yeah. And they still bounce. Bro, Jalen Ramsey gets shit on sometimes. He still bounces back. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't that the truth, man? Right. So don't let it hold you back. We'll move on. I feel like we hammered this thing into the ground. But what's going on, Carlos? He's it. <laughs> I'm on Instagram. Um, and more, he said, I just, uh, I just read the other day, Kobe missed, uh, most, the, the most, most shots, shots ever, ever in the NBA, but he took the most shots. Damn right. <laughs> right? Damn right. Um, and then Josh Aubrey, he said, nah, he said maybe three, uh, three catches all year. <laughs> he ain't giving up shit, huh? <laughs> I mean, but still, bro, you yeah. playing DB, you were going to get exposed. Yeah. Like you want to talk about getting used to failure. Jalen Ramsey is the only person in the world who's like that. Yeah. Every other DB is getting exposed. I don't care who you are. If you're playing football or basketball at a high level, mm -hmm. your ankles are going to snap at some point in time. Someone's going to get you because they're getting paid too. Yeah. Right. So you're going to get exposed. And again, like you learn from like, okay, in this situation, I should have did this and this. Mm -hmm. I would have came out on top. He said lockdown, bro. <laughs> you be locking them down. <laughs> I love it. All right. What's our next question? Nice How many streams question. of income do you need? And why do you need multiple streams of income? Uh, I mean, you should just, I feel that's kind of, uh, who, somebody asked that question? Listen, bro, we got a whole um, 
streams of income, man, I, again, I, I, it's subjective. It, it's, it, it's really, I don't want to really get caught up on it just because like, I feel like a lot of people who, who will be tuning into us still trying to get to that next stream of income. Right, so just one. I don't want to be, I don't want to have a podcast out there that's sitting there talking about, Hey, you need to go get into this e-commerce. You need to go get into this. You need to go focus on that one thing that you think that you're good at and, and build that out. Make money um, first, make money first. You make know, money first. Um, that's my think, number one advice. Uh, yeah, make money first, and then once you have a money problem, then you start thinking about other things. Because what, what ends up happening is you're not spending so much attention into your primary thing that's bringing you income, and you're still making money even though you don't have to put so much uh, attention and time into it. And so then that's what classifies to me having a money issue. You're making money, and you're not having to fork out any effort to make that money. Yep. So now I have all this time. I have all this money. I need to find something else that I could put money into to make more money. And then that's when you start building it. I mean, and Mike and I have both gone through this to where before I really, and even now in the real estate business, I'm like restructuring in a couple of different ways. But when I first got started doing other things, my business dropped significantly, mm -hmm. like significantly, significantly because my attention wasn't there and what yeah. you focus on grows, right? So yep. you only have so much energy and focus you can put in all these different places. So like we've talked about at the beginning, I have, 20 year old kids coming to me all the time like well i'm doing drop shipping i'm doing mm -hmm. wholesaling i'm gonna do insurance too much but like you're doing like five different things like bro and they're doing solo like no yeah. no yeah no bro pick a lane master it make money and then okay now i have a money problem this thing is running well mm -hmm. and more times than not most things won't run well for a while like i've just set mine mm -hmm. up to wait the way i want it to but it's not like the biggest wholesaling organization in the central no. valley like it yeah it fits what I need it to do. Yep. And there's what it is. But I've again learned that over time. I'm gonna talk about um and just talking about different streams. Um so so and I hope to get on a podcast sometime soon was was one of my old teammates, uh Rashad Evans. Yep. Right. And so I always give Rashad because Rashad's super silly, right? <laughs> but when you when you look when you when you look deeper, and I think when I got into real estate, I started to understand entrepreneurship a little bit more. And um you know, you start asking more questions and I started finding out just kind of, you know, how he's doing, you know, kind of what he does for a living. Um, and one thing that 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 always amazes me when I talk to him is that he's always it's always something different that he's making money off of. And I know that his number one thing is real estate. Yep. But he rarely does real estate. In a, in a sense, like time wise, when I yeah. think of the time that he would put towards it. And that's because he ended up with a money issue. And he's constantly telling me about other things that he's making money off of and not in a, again, who do you have around you? Cause it's never in a flex or a brag type thing. Um, and the first thing that he says is, you know, yes, it's super passive, but one thing that doesn't change when you get into something else, when you talk about creating different streams, there is, there is a period where that has to be your focus. So if you're talking about Amazon drop shipping, yes, we, we may be paying someone to, to run that product and and to run that team right and all that stuff but that's no energy but right but there, if you're going to invest money into something there's going to be that one month period where you need to learn as much uh, much about it as possible you don't have to be a professional in it but no. you need to be able to know that the people that you're paying to do something for you and to make this stream of income passive you need to be able to smell bullshit <laughs> when they tell it to you hands you down know what i mean and i'm so, talking about the people trying to learn drop shipping too right yeah yeah, exactly. And that's another thing. So yes, it's a passive stream of income, but starting something or investing money into something that you have no knowledge on would be never complete. goes over well. It never goes over well. So even though it is passive, there will still be a downtime in your primary um, um, money generating um, business that will get taken away from that. So you can at least learn enough about a product or something to not get screwed over. So that's why we say you can't possibly be doing e-commerce, um, real estate, and you know all this other stuff because even though you think it's passive, it's not passive because you still got to learn something about it initially. One hundred percent. All right. Let me. Oh wow, our internet just went out. No. Uh oh. Uh -oh. Um. What's our next question? Is the property market going to crash? No. I think. Like and markets crash like over time, and mm -hmm. something would have to happen in order for it to crash. Right? Everybody called the crash for coronavirus, and look where we are. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. Where are we sitting at with time? We're at, we right. got a little, we got a little bit more. Okay, 
make sure we don't take up too much too much of these folks' times. If you guys are on Facebook, man, drop some of those questions. We'd love to be able to answer them. We got a few minutes left. Um, we hit you guys in a noon hour while all y'all sitting at Deli Delicious and Doghouse Grill. Make sure you guys share this video. Subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts. All right. Next question. Who should I avoid being around? Negative people. Define negative people. People who don't understand growth. People who got something bad to say every time you talk about um, trying to change your life. Or now, now, if you again, now if you're someone that's talking about it all the damn time and and never making any type of actions to to do that, then I get it. But you want to be talking talking. You, you want to avoid people who are. How do I say that? I don't. I, I mean, negative. I just say negative people just because they don't have to agree with everything that I come up with. You know, but be open to it. Yeah. Don't shut it down because of fears that you have or maybe something that you might have failed at um, that you didn't give full effort to. Just encouragement. I want to be around people who who are encouraging. Like, you know, I've never tried that before. I've heard that, you know, da, 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 da. But again, I, you know, I don't know. I, I've never. You know, what I mean, like, I don't know people who are successful in it, but that's just more me. Yeah. You know, but based off of what you do and who you are, may, maybe you can be great at it. I, I get the concept of it. You know, uh, so I think negative people is one thing, but then if the people around you are not pushing for something, then you can't be around them. Yeah. Like if they are not pushing or have goals or something and not striving for something and yes, you'll have friends who don't want as much out of life as you and that's okay. But I truly think their energy will pull you down if someone's not striving for something. Like if they aren't yeah. trying to do something bigger. And yeah. one, and it doesn't have to be financially. It could be just be impact. They have to be going for something mm -hmm. because if they're not, then that mindset leaks over. And then like, if that's the person you're surrounding yourself with, mm -hmm. then you're thinking too small. Yeah. Like, and I think the small, the biggest obstacle that I've faced now is thinking too small and not seeing the actual possibilities of what's going on Yeah. to where now I'm thinking bigger and bigger. My income is going up significantly. Mm -hmm. But then you have some of your friends who, yeah, they just want to do this and that's all they want to do. And there's nothing wrong with that, but it's not going to serve you Yeah, more time. I just don't think it's ever going to serve you, especially for most people getting this entrepreneurship game. People are going to think you're insane and you are, <laughs> but like the, some man, they just got to be pushing. And I, I've cut off a lot of people mm -hmm. because they just aren't grinding. Like I, mm -hmm. I don't see them. Their mentality is not there. Because if you're not pushing towards nothing, kind of think about think about the day to day life of somebody who's who has no goals, and it doesn't mean that they've been a failure, right? They could they could have accomplished their goals at a young age, and they're sitting at a point where their cash flow is great. You know what I mean? And like they don't they have no type of um, stressors stressors. They don't they don't want to grow any more than what they already are. They're happy, right? They're content. And so, what does that day look like for them every day? just a happy ass lifestyle right meanwhile you hanging out with them and they got this happy ass lifestyle and, and you and you stressed out all the goddamn time and well he ain't doing this and but you know but, but you, you got to be around people that's constantly until you get to that point where you you're happy and you have no stress then you can go hang out with my man and go golf all the time man if you're golfing <laughs> right now you're fucking crazy um but even i've noticed like now most of my friends can't do what i want to do financially mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, I want to go fly here and let's go do this. Like, most of them can't even do that. Yes, they may have a happy lifestyle, but mm -hmm. like, what I want to do sounds unreasonable. Yeah. To all reality, it's not. I mean, for me, it's not. And for my yeah. other friends, it's not. Yeah. But like, that, you're going to start to see that gap too. Yeah. To where you can decide, yes, if I want to pay for them or not. But then, in all reality, you're probably not there yet. Yeah. To be forking out a bunch of cash to go to fly, so, fly everybody else somewhere. To fly everybody else out somewhere and everything else. But then you're going to start to see that. So you got to constantly be making new friends just so you can do fun shit. Like, that's what I'm running into. <laughs> to where, like, I want to go yeah. do something. Like, okay, you know what? Let's go run a yacht. Let's go run a yacht for a week. Yeah. And that shit sounds insane to a normal person. That shit sounds insane like, for a normal a person. Yacht, bro, like, bro, run a yacht. Fishing what? boat, bro. We can go send this fishing boat in the middle of Shaver. We'd be all right. But then, like, I'm trying to do new fun things yeah. that have, like, new experiences. And more times than not, if you're with those people who aren't striving for things, mm -hmm. there's going to be a animosity at you towards them just because, like, man, I want to do so much more. I want to go do fun shit. I want to go do crazy shit. I want to make really good memories. Yeah. And they can't, right? Yeah. And, and, and I think in a good way of being able to even 
test people around you, right? And um, because I have a lot of friends that that I I say a lot of friends. I I, I got really close friends that I have um, just from just being broke, <laughs> you know, just from you know stuff like that. But they also like our, our what we're striving for could be completely different. But the growth mindset is there. You know what I mean? So yeah. I value those friendships because they still want to grow. They just maybe they may grow differently, you know. Um, and so I actually I really enjoy having those experiences with those people and exposing those people to different things that, again, we're not at a point where we're, we're sitting there flying around the country and stuff like that. But um, just maybe just going somewhere and, you know, sitting at a different table or going somewhere and showing them what's actually showing possible. them what's actually possible, like. To me, I, I find a huge joy in being able to to um, expose my friends and and show them what's possible if they're about if it. If they're about it. If they're about you know it, I, I mean? love so, showing them if they're about if it. Right, they're and having it. like an actual in depth conversation of like, no, bro, like you could be doing this. You could be doing this, and this is how you can do it. And you this is I mean? how I can... think that's what's cool for me. You know, when you have friends who and 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 honestly, I mean, all my friends is about it. So. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because that's the reason why that we're, we still hang around each other. Yep. You know, and so, like I said, it may not be the speed that, you know, they want it to be or, you know, I'm not even going to say what I want it to be because to me, progress is progress. And there's, I, you're I genuinely, never going to be happy with your speed. I, exactly. You're I genuinely enjoy watching people around me take steps to a better them. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. And I think it's so fucking dope because, I mean, you're not just changing your family no more. You're changing, you know, I call it my little nieces and nephews. You know what I mean? Like, it, oh, yeah. it's deeper than that. You know, they have to want it, though. Yeah. Right. And we always need to be bringing them up. Yeah. Right. And if we can give to them and give them just our knowledge, it'll pay dividends. A hundred percent. We have a question on here, but I kind of it's, it's funny that you say that because uh, we, we talked about just we used to talk about a book that we're reading. Right. And so. Um, I always talk about, I always hear about, you know, the go-giver, the go-giver, the go-giver. And it's funny because I personally like to think that, you know, my, you know, my soul is, is, yep. is a giver, you know what I mean? And, and I, and I think most people who become successful, who come from, you they know, not give. much, they all give, bro. they all give. I don't care. Generally, you know most I mean? successful people, most give, successful people give. And so when you read this book, it's like, man, I was, I feel like I was doing this to a certain extent. But then you like you really it becomes more a mental thing, like the intent of we say it all the time in this business. You want to create a win win situation. And they talked about it in the book. And it was just like, well, that's kind of selfish if you're trying to create a win win. Yep. And so like little things in that book. And I highly suggest if you're someone who's who's looking to take the next level, we talk about um What's that book that everybody read? Uh, Rich, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Mm -hmm. We talk about Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And then I think, honestly, number two for me is probably going to be Go Giver, because if you can read that early on and understand the principles in that, along with uh, uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, bro, like like it's 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 amazing. man. It, it's been an amazing book, I think, just for my soul, just for my mental, you know, and just wanting to grow personally understanding that i can grow personally when you're unselfish about something like right like i guess that kind of sounds different when you talk about being unselfish because in order you feel like in order to grow you have to be selfish but you don't uh you don't and you with do. your time you don't and you you're do. selfish with your time but then the time that you do give you're present you're present you know what i mean so i, I mean i think that's awesome bro i my books would go think and grow rich think and grow rich and then grow rich. And then I do the go-giver. I, I think Rich Dad, Poor Dad, again, is like a mindset-shifting book. But For it, someone who's not already, you know, an entrepreneur or something, or investing, or... Yeah, and, it, and I mean, I guess, because it was one of the first books I read, mm -hmm. but I think Think and Grow Rich, I think The Go-Giver is an amazing book. I'd guess I'd put Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I haven't read it in forever. I say Rich, poor, rich Dad, Poor Dad is a good one just because it exposes you to something that you might not have thought that, you know, I think in, 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 in most families, they don't talk about money, period. money. And so I think reading that book, that's why I say number one is because it's like, whoa, there is something else out there. And then thinking grow rich. Yes, that's huge. And it really, I guess it depends at that point where you are because thinking grow rich, you could have had some success. And then you like really look at that book. You, you read that book and you're just like, man, I'm cutting myself out. I'm selling myself short because I'm not really thinking bigger. You know what I mean? And then we're thinking we, period or thinking, or thinking period, right. Or being intentional with your thinking. And then when you read, um, 
when you read Go Giver now, to me, that's just the difference from becoming freaking making six, you know, six, six figures a year to making seven figures a year. Or that's more a long term play. You know, it's more like you're not going to see that now, but understand that you treating people the right way and being intentional with those things in your thoughts is going to grow you. Um, I agree. I we haven't been on here in so long, bro. There's just so much stuff I feel like that we can talk about. Uh, and I don't want to drag out everyone's time. I know. And I got to I gotta hop on a call here. So soon. let's let's go, go ahead DeMarcus. and we're going to end this one. Wait, hold up. We got this DeMarcus guy. Okay. Oh, sorry, DeMarcus. Trying to decide between going live with Airbnb properties or expanding Amazon FBA right now. Most of my time will be spent in real estate. So weighing how much time I would have available for each. Thoughts. Um if Amazon FBA is like your number one thing, then I I would have a number set to where, okay, this thing will, especially with FBA, you can get it somewhat automated. Excuse me. I would have a number set for that to like, okay, bro, it's bringing me in this. I hit my number. Now let's go Airbnb. Because this is even worse to where when people talk about multiple streams of income, but I would say most of my streams of income all come from the same vertical. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm not even... Like I've even tried. So we were going to do an answering service for the self storage industry to where that was too far off my vertical to where it took so much thinking power and learning that I was like, bro, let's put this on hold. Mm -hmm. If I can stay in the same vertical when I am going to branch out, it's going to be a lot easier. But Airbnb and FBA, like completely Mm -hmm. different. So my thing would be like, all right, man, how how can our FBA company get to X amount? I know it's running. I have the I have my team in place. Sweet, it doesn't take that much effort and energy. Then again, then we talk mm-hmm. about like, okay, the money's here. I've and FBA is hard because you can get that thing going really big. Yeah. Um, and then I would go to Airbnb. Boom. What are your thoughts? Um, shoot, just having Airbnb, I understand like the time and the commitment that that can take, especially if you're already in real estate. Um, and so it depends on which one's going to take less of your time, really, to be honest with you. So if you have the money to dump it into like a, a FBA store, um, I probably would just reach out to someone that <clears throat> is extremely credible. Right. You do FBA. Um, and so I just re- reach out to someone that I know knows exactly what they're doing. And me personally, like we talked about putting all that forefront time into it and stuff like that. Well, I trust you and I trust everyone else that I know that's in it already. And I know how anal they are about their money. So like I would be able to blindly go in and just throw that money towards it yep. and understand that this is what you need. This is what it's going to cost. I'll throw my money into it now if that's if you have a money problem. Right. And let that kind of grow itself and really not pay no attention to it and stick to stick to um, real estate investing, because now. I don't have to do a lot of the homework, right? Because I'm not worried about getting scammed out of anything because I know people who are super diligent about what they do and what they put their money into. And if they're they're trusting this this company with it, then I'm gonna trust them. Yep. You know what I mean? So that, that eliminates the fear for me because the most fear people would have for going that way is, is losing their money or getting scammed out of something. And so having that close circle of people that I trust, um, <clears throat> people that I trust, man, I, I'd blindly be able to just throw money at something like that. Hell yeah. I love it. Thanks, Carlos. Cool guys. Rich dad and poor dad is a great start. It is. And then the magic of thinking big is the top three book I've read so far. I, I did like the magic of thinking big. Um, do you have any parting words, bro? No, man. Uh, just that we apologize for being, being gone for so long. Um, but just know that it was, we were trying to give you guys a better product. The strategy did a great job at kind of what we have here. Chris, Jacob, you know, awesome and getting this set up because there's no way I know where any of these cords go and connecting this to this and that and that. Right. Yeah. And so we got a pretty great team that and thing that we got going here. So um, we're going to be looking to do this weekly, right? We, I want to do it weekly. Um, if you guys are looking to rent out a podcast studio, we're going to yeah. start leasing this thing out. Yeah. If you guys are looking to create more content, reach out to me. Mm-hmm. We can help you with our content company. And um, then if you guys are looking to do deals, and you need help on deals really anywhere in the country, reach out to me, Mike and myself. We'll help mm-hmm. you guys out 100%. Mm-hmm. We'll JV on them. I'm helping out one guy. I was like, bro, I don't even know what to do with this deal. Let me reach out to my network and see where you can get going yep. for you. Like, just we'll help you. We're not the smartest in we're not the smartest in the industry, man. But but luckily we we know a lot of smart people. 
exactly. <laughs> right? And so I think that's what it all comes down to. Um, if you are just getting started and you're still practicing analyzing these deals, comping deals, all those good things, you're looking to, um, you know, when driving for dollars and you have put compiled this list of, th- uh, of properties and now you're looking to see who owns it, you know, skip trace it and all that good stuff, reach out to these homeowners. Go to uh, mainlinecomps.com. You get a seven-day free trial. That's going to help you analyze those analyze those deals, um, find out who owns them, and all those good things. If you have any questions, shoot us a DM on Instagram, Facebook. It uh, doesn't really matter. But, man, we were thank you guys for tuning in with us, and uh, we look forward to seeing you guys next week. Awesome. Thank you guys so much. Thank you for tuning in to the Free Agent Real Estate Investing Podcast. Don't forget to give us a five-star review. If you would like to stay in touch with Stratton and myself, follow us on Instagram. And please be sure to subscribe to our Free Agent REI Podcast YouTube channel and give us a thumbs up.